Hello and welcome to Movies, Murder and Mayhem, the side podcast of What a Scream. In this podcast, we chat about the true crime, the true stories and the true horror from some of our most beloved horror films. Uh, Previously, we have done The Exorcist Killer and The True Story of Lords of Chaos. So if you haven't listened to those, go back give them a listen. Yes, this week's episode is one that I am fascinated with. I love true stories behind possession and exorcism. So this week's episode is also about the true story behind films like The Exorcism of Emily Rose from 2005, Requiem, from 2006 and Annalise the Exorcist Tapes from 2011. So yes, this episode is all about the true story of Annalise Mikkel. So Anna Elizabeth, aka Annalise Mikkel, was born on the 21st of September 1952 and she was born into a super religious West German Roman Catholic family. They used to go to church at least twice a week. Super religious and the family consisted of herself and her three sisters and her parents Joseph and Anna. Now when Annalise was 16 she began to experience severe convulsions and fits and doctors diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy. So despite this she was a fantastic student and when she graduated from high school she started to attend University of Würzburg in 1973 and her classmates described her as very shy, very timid, withdrawn and highly religious. This kind of made her stick out a little bit due to her extreme religious belief. In 1970, Mikkel suffered a third seizure where she was staying in a psychiatric hospital. She was prescribed tons of drugs like anti-convulsion drugs uh, which did not help her at all. And she began saying that she was seeing the face of the devil at various times of the day. And then that same month, as she started describing all of these visions that she started seeing, she was prescribed a drug which was used to treat various psychoses, including schizophrenia. Like, obviously, I'm not an expert on mental health illnesses, But the fact that if you start seeing things and you start hearing things, that is a very strong indication of schizophrenia. By 1973, which is the time at which she started going to the University of Würzburg, she also began experiencing depression. She used to hallucinate while she prayed and she used to hear voices that would say she was damned and she was going to rot in hell. Obviously because of her strict religious upbringing, Anything that she sees or hears in these kind of states of psychosis are obviously going to be religious based. Like you wouldn't hear of someone who was brought up agnostic or atheistic seeing the devil or hearing these things about heaven and hell. Mikkel's treatment in this psychiatric hospital, it just did not help her. It didn't improve her health and she actually got worse. She grew really frustrated with her medical care and even though she had taken her drugs for years nothing was helping and she soon began to found that she became intolerant to christian objects and places as she was 
super, like she couldn't even look at a crucifix. So Annalise decided to visit San Damiano where she went on a Christian pilgrimage with a family friend. And it was this friend, her escort, that said that she must be suffering from demonic possession because she was unable to go past a crucifix and she could not drink the water of a Christian holy spring. So it must be that she is possessed by demons. Annalise's family and her Christian community became super convinced that she was possessed and they kept going to priests to get an exorcism. Now the priest declined because in the Catholic Church it's super difficult to get an exorcism. You have to go through all of these tests, it has to go all the way up to the bishop, sometimes right to the Vatican, before they will approve an exorcism. And the priest actually recommended that she continue her medical treatment and that the only way they would be able to get an exorcism would be through the bishop's permission. So to get an exorcism from the Catholic Church, you have to meet really strict criteria. One of the indications is an intense dislike for Christian objects, which Annalise already had. Mikkel's condition worsened and she got really bad physically. She became super aggressive and even started to self-harm. She used to do things like drink her own urine and eat insects, which we see in one of the scenes from The Exorcism of Annalise. Jennifer Carpenter is, she's sat on her haunches and she's eating bugs and she looks really creepy and scary. So in November 1973, Mikhail began another anti-seizure drug and a mood stabilizer. And they also gave her antipsychotic drugs during the course of these religious rites that she would be put through. And she actually continued to take them until her death. So despite taking all of these medications, Annalise started to display worsening symptoms. She would start growling. She said she would see demons and she would become super aggressive and throw things. So there was a priest called Father Ernst Alt. And when he visited Annalise, he was like, that's not epilepsy. She is definitely not epileptic and he said that he never saw her experiencing seizures and he really believed that she was suffering from demonic possession and he was the one that went to the local bishop and really pushed for her exorcism. In September of 1975 the bishop Joseph Stangl actually granted Father Arnold Wren's permission to perform the exorcism of Annalise according to the ritual Ramonum but he wanted complete secrecy. He did not want it getting out. He did not want the larger community. He did not want the media to find out because it would just turn into a complete circus. So Renz performed the first rite of exorcism on the 24th of September. And Mikkel began to start talking about wanting to, and I quote, die to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. At this time, her parents stopped going to doctors about her condition and they relied completely on these exorcism rites because they felt that the medical professionals and the doctors had all failed Annalise in finding out what was wrong with her and actually treating her. There was a total of 67 exorcism sessions, one or two a week, and these could last for up to four hours. And these were performed over about 10 months in 1975 and 1976. So towards the end of this length of time, Mikkel actually began to refuse food. On the 1st of July, 1976, Annalise Mikkel died. 
Now, the autopsy report that came back said the cause of death of Annalise was actually malnutrition and dehydration, resulting from almost a year of being in a state of starvation. And this was all under the rites of exorcism. She only weighed 30 kilos, and she had also suffered from broken knees from genuflecting so much. Uh, genuflection is when you kneel down a lot during Christian rites such as mass or exorcism so you're up and down on your knees constantly and if she was malnutrition malnutritioned malnutritioned if she was malnourished and she was dehydrated and as small and as thin as she was of course her knees are going to break and how painful must that have been as well and apparently she was unable to move without someone else's assistance and and she had also contracted pneumonia which of course would happen if you have no nourishment you're gonna contract stuff like pneumonia and other illnesses. So after the investigation into Annalise Mikkel's death, the state prosecutor said that her death could have been well preventable at least a week before she died, if only they had got medical intervention. In 1976, the state charged Mikkel's parents and Ernst Alt and Arnold Renz with negligent homicide. Now this is when a death occurs because of negligence, basically. It is what it says it is. So the parents and the priests were defended by a council that was provided by the Catholic Church. And the trial began on the 30th of March, 1978. And this drew massive interest from lay people as well as media. It turned into a circus because of what it was. It was an exorcism that ended up killing someone who was apparently possessed by demons. So during the trial where the defense was putting across their case, they would play tapes that were recorded at the exorcism sessions. And on these tapes, you could hear demons arguing. These demons were arguing because they wanted to kind of assert their own control over Annalise's body. They were basically fighting over who could control her. So the priests claimed that the demons identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, Belial, Legion, Hitler, and Nero, which is kind of strange because Lucifer, obviously he's another name for Satan, basically. Why would he be a demon fighting over other demons? Because is he not the king of hell? Is he not like the king of demons? Like, why would he be fighting over? Surely he should have absolute control. And then Cain, who was the brother of Abel, the first two sons of Adam and Eve. Um, again, not a demon. Judas Iscariot. I don't know. Maybe they were turned into demons after they went to hell. Did they go to hell? I don't know. This is all very like weird for an atheist to talk about because I just feel there's so much contradiction in Christian theology. Um, so we also had Belial, who is another name for like the devil. Uh, we've got Legion, which is the name of a group of demons. And then Hitler and Nero. And I kind of feel if Hitler and Nero were sent to hell, surely they'd be tortured by demons. I don't know. I just feel that Lucifer gets such a bad rap because there has to be someone in charge of the underworld. In Greek mythology, there's Hades. In Roman mythology, there's Pluto. Like, someone has to be in charge of the underworld. So I don't really understand. Anyway, that's just my personal beliefs. If anyone 
would want to school me on Christian theology when it comes to the devil and the underworld and demons, please let me know. So it was also stated that Annalise Mikkel was finally freed of her demonic captors because of the exorcism just before her death and that's why she died. So the bishop who granted permission said that he wasn't aware of Mikkel's underlying health problems and that is why he approved the exorcism but yet he didn't testify in court. So in April 1978 the parents of Annalise Mikkel and the two priests were convicted of negligent homicide but they were actually given suspended prison sentences because the judge and the jury felt that they had suffered enough. So the priests were actually fined and the parents were found guilty but not punished. So because of the church kind of approving this ancient exorcism ritual, it really drew in the attention of the media and it kind of got a rap as a misidentification of a mental illness, which it kind of does sound like it, like we've talked about the schizophrenia and the depression. And, you know, sometimes you are, you you do become immune to treatment. Like I know from personal experiences that no matter how much medication I'm put on, I'm like, I'm still depressed. You can still experience these things no matter how much medication you're put on because medication affects people different. So after the trial, the McKells actually asked permission to exhume the remains of Annalise because she had been buried in such a hurry in a really cheap coffin. So two years after the burial in 1978, her remains were exhumed and she was placed into an oak coffin lined with tin. The official reports of the body saw that it showed like normal and consistent signs of deterioration of a corpse of you know how long it had been under the ground it was completely normal and the family and the priests were told that they weren't allowed to view the body and even father Renz later said that he wasn't allowed to even enter the mortuary where her remains were being held so Mikkel's gravesite actually is a pilgrimage site nowadays um which is kind of weird I think it's kind of slightly exploitative isn't it um, this poor girl died because, as I've said previously, a misidentification of of a mental illness. Is there a demonic possession out there? I don't think so. But I could be wrong. That's probably why this whole thing took so long to record, because I kept getting weird sounds in this. But yes, it is difficult not to think of it as extremely exploitative by the Catholic Church um, to kind of push their own ideas but sure look who am I to judge so because of the media circus and because of the terrible outcome of this exorcism the number of officially sanctioned exorcisms in Germany decrease and this was despite the fact that Pope Benedict actually supported the wider use of exorcism as compared to that of his predecessor he felt that more people should be having exorcisms because i don't know modern day he decided that lots of people were possessed i guess on june the 6th 2013 a fire actually engulfed the house where annalise had lived and although of course it was probably arson there was a lot of rumors going around that it was actually because of the exorcism. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, there have been three films that cover 
this case of Annalise Mikkel that is Requiem which is kind of a dramatic version of it and Annalise the Exorcist tapes as well as the most famous The Exorcism of Emily Rose starring Jennifer Carpenter and directed by Scott Derrickson um, and in this we see Emily who is the Annalise character become possessed and have to go through the ritual of exorcism while it is also a courtroom drama as well it's very good i do recommend you watch it so that is the story of the exorcism of annalise Mikkel. do let me know what you think about this case do you believe in demonic possession do you believe it was a real case of demonic possession or do you think it was just mental illness misidentified do let us know on our social media at What A Scream Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and also on Twitter at What Underscore Scream. And as always, don't forget to listen to the main podcast as well, What A Scream, where I talk about horror movies with special guests every week. And keep up to date here with movies, murder and mayhem. The true stories, the true crime, the true horror behind our favourite horror films. Goodbye.